This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Juita Gupta and Michelle McQuig. One more topic on deck for you. An amateur sports association in Quebec's eastern townships plans to equip referees with body cameras next season. The decision is in response to referees facing abuse from players, parents, coaches. Other jurisdictions and other sports have similar policies on the books. Michelle, why'd the story jump out to you? Well, I the fact that it's happening in other sports was, I have to confess, somewhat news to me until I read this article. So that's why it jumped out at me because initially it seemed kind of novel. I I was struck by I, I thought, is this is what's going on here? Is there something going on here, or are we talking about pearl clutching, or is this a sign of something bigger? And it looks to me like perhaps it might leading be a bit towards the latter because, like you said, Dave, there there we're talking about violence and, and, and incidents of. of parental harassment and, and and coach bullying and whatnot across multiple sports. And we're talking about minor sports, like l- literal children involved here. And the, the incidents of violence are, it's not just about, you know, the odd heckling. We're talking about the, the cases where people have been chased with machetes. People mm-hmm. have gone to hospital, actual brawls breaking out on the field. Um, so this really can undercut the sporting experience for for everyone be actively damaging in many ways it does not do much to instill uh the sort of values that a lot of people are hoping to achieve with with team sports um but there are also a lot of other indicators that we've talked about on this panel about civility in society and this is where i i feel like the concerns being raised and the the issue of the body cameras really comes back to that what is there something bigger going on here i am inclined to think Maybe there is, but I was very much interested in what your take was. All right, so let's start again with the small and get to the big. So the small is reacting to this kind of policy, this kind of decision, Joita, the nature Mm -hmm. of the precaution. Uh, It's one that makes total sense to me. Uh, Body cameras and cameras in general are smaller and cheaper than they've ever been before, and the amount of abuse being hurled at uh, referees has never been higher. Michelle mentions uh, these are oftentimes children on the field. In many cases, these are are also children who are officials. It's a lot of 14, 15, and 16-year-olds who are engaging in this officiating of these uh, minor league games or uh, amateur association games. So to me, Joita, this is a perfectly reasonable solution to a very unreasonable problem. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I had to do a double take when I went and read the article and I said, hang on a second. Are you telling me that we're talking about teenagers, 14, 15, 16 year olds being hassled and heckled and bullied by people who are adults, their parents and other people getting, you know, and there is a lot of evidence to back up the fact that sometimes parents act in very well childish ways, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, by getting into fights with other parents and uh, getting into you know spats with coaches and 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 refs and getting into you know frankly getting into uh, very upset about the outcome of games. So you know I think it's an incredibly sensible precaution given the evidence to back it up. It's sad that it has come to a a place where this is now required, but it doesn't take away from the fact that in light of the evidence, it is an imminently sem- sensible approach. 
Yeah, the, the, the issue itself of parents or players or coaches behaving badly is not a new one. This has existed for a long time in amateur sports. I used to work uh, for elite-level hockey tournaments in the Montreal area. And over the course of the four- or five-day tournament, we'd usually have to call security to, to an individual rink maybe once or twice for an unruly parent or an unruly coach uh, yelling at a referee. But it was always jarring when it happened. It was always really noticeable and really jarring when it happened. I, I was usually working in pretty close collaboration with the officials uh, during the course of a game, and it, it was pretty noticeable that it wasn't, oh, this parent's had one too many uh, Miller Lights or Labatt Blues. This parent came here today to, like, cause trouble. But, Michelle, mm -hmm. when you start thinking about the issue not necessarily being a new one, but maybe this is something more about more people being empowered to be that singular jerk that we would find at a hockey yeah. tournament rather than every single game there's a jerk. I think that maybe it's a bit of both. And I think this is what we're getting back at things we've talked about in, in, in other contexts, but I feel like there's similar issues. When we've talked, let's say, about increasing levels of harassment that politicians are facing, I feel like that kind of thing is a similar underlying cause, whatever that may be. Is it pandemic mental health holdover? I don't know. Is it the cli the political climate we're now in where, where all kinds of statements that would have been unthinkable decades in decades past are now kind of commonplace? I don't know. I really don't know what's driving this, but that to me, there are many, many examples and not just here. And I think we're going to get to some of those later of other places that are less safe and less stable and more violent, frankly, than they used to be. So I, I, I I feel like this is just an extension of that same phenomenon, frankly. Joita, what do you think? Just uh, growth in incivility, or is it that there are just more cameras involved capturing incivility? Chicken and egg here. A bit, uh, Probably a bit of both. I think um, you're right to say that parental misbehavior in, in sports um, is nothing new. Uh, it's true that um, there are many stressors and factors that exist now that maybe weren't as pervasive uh, even a decade ago uh, cost of living challenges work life balance you name it it's not an excuse mm -hmm. yeah. by any my, means my avocado it, cost to be $3 at the grocery store i'm going to yell at this yeah, 14 year old no it's not a, it's not it's not an excuse by any means but it, it's very hard to draw it's very hard to draw the lines is what i'm saying like if someone is facing pressure at work or someone is not being able to pay their bills and they're trying to you know get their kid in in uh, to compete all i'm saying it's not it's never that clear cut you can never say well you know just turn the taps off or draw a line under the issues that are bothering you in real life when you're when you're you, when you're watching your kids play a sports game again to be very clear it's not a justification but i do think it is an extension that some of the misbehavior or the spike in misbehavior that we're talking about is uh, is to an extent a reflection of real world problems bleeding into uh the sporting world which is not all, all that unusual uh but i think Part of it is, yes, cameras are catching uh, people in the act a little bit more, um, which is a bit surprising because one of the reasons why cameras and body cameras are, are, are promoted as an option to try and address this behavior is that it is hoped that if people realize that their behavior will be caught on camera, they are less likely to have an outburst. Uh, but, you know, that opens up a whole other question about whether cameras are really 
as effective as we say that yeah. they are, but you know, we yeah. don't the, the, peop the people at Walmart's social media feed uh, would tell you otherwise. Cameras don't appear to stop people <laughs> from uh, acting no. a fool. <laughs> uh, Michelle, you alluded to it, so you should elaborate on it. The idea of where this might uh, be applicable in other domains, more body cameras on more people and more professions. Well, this is, I mean, <laughs> That's a whole other issue is whether or not that would even be viable or desirable. Um, I'm going to leave that aside for now. We, we, we've heard this conversation a lot in policing, of course, and it's been adopted more widely with policing. I, I'll, have, context... I'll, have a I'll have a story, by the way, in the next segment about it expanding in British Columbia starting this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. Anyway, but the, the other setting that came to mind as I was reading this story from my colleague Jacob Sarabran on, on this particular body cam issue was, was schools. We've talked a little bit on the panel, and some of us have read a lot more about rising levels of violence that teachers are facing from, from other students, primarily, uh, sometimes from parents and other causes too, though. But that's one area where it really occurred to me that I could see a push for that, and I could also foresee an equally forceful pushback from people who might be really uncomfortable with that notion. There's whole issues around privacy. If body cam use were, were to expand more broadly into other public places, uh, you know, I wonder if certain restaurants I could see wanting to do endless policies like this. I don't think we're at the point where governments would want to consider having that for civil servants, but but who knows? What, it, what do you mean by restaurants? It, for like dine and dashers? Dine and dashers are people who are who who are, are rude to or otherwise assault staff. Um, yeah, I, I could foresee a situation like that. Chuita, where else? Uh, where mm. else could body cameras pop up if they did indeed? If they do indeed serve the purpose that uh, some folks trot out that they claim they do? Mm -hmm. Well, hypothetically, they could pop up anywhere because they're small, they're easy to wear. No, no, no. Not... I'm not asking you that. Like, I'm asking you, like, where do you see these play them fitting yeah. in? Yeah, I think where, I mean, I would lean it towards some of the things that Michelle has pointed out. Uh, policing is a really big one. Uh, there are arguments on both sides for why cameras are a good and a bad thing. I mean, there are people who've said that having camera, uh, police forces equipped with cameras uh, might keep officers safe, but might also, on the other hand, prevent uh, instances of police misconduct, whether or not that has actually played out as a whole other conversation. And then, of course, yeah. yes, schools. Um, and that's a really interesting setting. Now, cameras are not unusual to find in schools, especially in hallways and things like that. So it's not the most novel idea, but certainly there are concerns uh, about having body cameras in schools as well. Uh, and, you know, not least of which is that we are recording and surveilling minors uh, and also yeah. the teachers would actually want to have their behavior um, recorded in a way. So cameras are... I mean, it's so easy to have them in, in different spaces. I was actually thinking about public transit workers and other sort of civil servants oh, as yeah. well, because those people face a lot of abuse. And there is a very strong argument for, to be made for equipping uh, bus drivers and, you know, transit workers and other people like that and public servant, you know, anyone who comes in, in contact with like front who's working on the front lines to equip them with um, with cameras. Uh, but. I don't know. There's a part of me that feels, what is this, 1985? I mean, are we just heading for a surveillance society? What's going on? So I don't want to overreach either. So. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, understand, yeah. I, I understand that, but there might just have to be this reality and understanding that when you're in a public place, it's not private anymore. If you're on a bus, it's no. not a private place, right? If you're in a restaurant, it's not actually a private place. You're in public. I actually feel yeah. moved to have the caveat that just because I could foresee body cameras being in a certain setting doesn't mean I would endorse that. Idea. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I, like said, I, think, I think that's a great way to land mm -hmm. the plane on this one, Michelle. Joita, Michelle, thank you both for this. Joita, have a lovely weekend.
Thank you. You too. Michelle, you enjoy your weekend as well. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Michelle McQuig is the weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. Joita Gupta is the host of The Pulse on AMI-audio. Coming up after the break, a little more body camera talk as uh, the province of British Columbia is going to be expanding the use of body cameras for its various police forces. I'll have that story for you. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.